0: You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and of course, we are here with Mike. Hello. And tonight's episode is based on a listener question. Hopefully we will be able to give some good information. Um, Since our Robert Cochran episode, I'm trying to be more enunciative with my words so that way we don't have many issues
1: there oh my god yeah, please don't please tell me you're not gonna talk like that through the whole episode that's terrible probably not because it is very exhausting Ugh. so yes as you were saying our topic this evening is uh comes to us from the suggestion of a, a listener um and we actually we we did touch on this topic a while back. I mm-hmm. think we, we did an episode, uh, got, got like 20, 30 back, I think, about um, where we talked about spiritual allies. Mm-hmm. And I believe we touched upon this topic in that episode. But we didn't really go into, I think, the the practical component of this. Okay. So, uh, so, quick shout out. Our topic tonight is going to be on servitors. And this topic was suggested by one of our listeners who goes by the name Pamther with an M instead of an N. Pamther. I'm wondering if maybe her her name is Pam, or... I don't know. Anyway. Interesting.
0: Why is that interesting? I used to call my ex-boyfriend Pamfer. Pamther? Yeah. With a T-H? Yeah. Uh, Because he was a furry, and his fursona was a panther.
1: Well, I don't... uh, to I'm going to say the likelihood that your ex is listening to our podcast now, and using the same name is probably not very good.
0: Probably not. But interesting nonetheless... Yeah. Strange.
1: Yes. Uh so let's let's dive in, shall we? Yeah, let Okay, do so it. Austin, how would you how would you identify or how would you define a servitor? A servitor does kind of
0: fall into the realm for me. Um, not 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 in the realm of a spiritual ally, because a spiritual ally usually will have an intelligence of its own, in my opinion, whereas a servitor is not. A servitor is a magical construct that has been created and given a purpose. It is very primal in nature. Your job is this, do this. It is this is your job. Okay. Um most of the time we see servitors for protection. Okay. Um and I know there are a lot of people who are like, oh I create a servitor and then I just let it go. And I was not trained that way. I was trained that when you create a servitor, you create a contract Once that contract is up, Mm -hmm. you then either reconvene to renegotiate or continue said Mm -hmm. contract. Yeah. Or um, it's written to the contractual clause that once X amount of time is up, then that energy just dissolves and returns back to the earth or returns back to you. Okay. All right. So it's usually used for protection. You can use Super Taurus for a whole bunch of things, though. Protection um cleansing healing um oh so much and and so that's my understanding of the servitor okay uh, it's in its name itself right serve it is in service to
1: the creator okay okay so with what you just shared because I, I agree with you on almost all of that okay um but i but i wanted to clarify a couple of things that you said there so you distinguished servitors from spiritual allies but yes. For the sake of our listeners, it's probably good to clarify that servitors can function. They are spiritual allies, mm-hmm. right? They're just not spiritual allies that have uh, that have originated on their own. We'll say, say, like, yes. say, maybe like an ancestor or yes. other types of spirits. Like these are not spirits that are, are kind of already living and have that have not already been created, right? Correct. We we usually we we create. Yes, we are the ones ourselves. who create those things. Um. So okay. So I want to clarify that. Um. <clears throat> what was the other thing you said that I wanted to clarify? Um, it'll come back to me. Was it the contractual agreement? No, 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 because I, I agree with you completely, and I think that's the piece that people um, miss. But I also, I think that as we talk a bit more, it'll probably be good for us to clarify exactly what that looks like, because there's not just one way to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so wh- why other... Other than for their, their, their practical, like, this is your job kinds of things, Mm -hmm. what what is the benefit to creating and working with Servitors? Creating and working with Servitors, um, one, it's a
0: good way to expand your horizons beyond a spell jar. Yes? Okay. Uh, All right. But uh, it's good because it helps it should give you the ability to not have to focus on one thing completely you know if you're if you are creating a servitor for protection then you should trust said servitor that you Mm -hmm. you yourself have created to do said job which means you won't have to be worrying about whether or not a spirit moves through the house you know it kind of helps take the pressure or the heat off of the witch okay you know uh, i mean we know we know plenty of people and we have friends and connections and colleagues who will the minute a spirit moves to their house they whip out that 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 rosemary bundle and they're going through telling it to get the hell out mm-hmm. and we even have people who are close to us who the minute energy feels odd or off, there it has to be there, it needs to be cleansed. We have to reward. We have to banish, yeah. and that tells me that we are not trusting our servitors, okay.
1: um, <clears throat> because servitors are animalistic. They hunt. Well, I and, find that those kinds of people—people people that go right to that extreme—like, oh, gotta, gotta cleanse. Go. Like these are usually people I find that are really not utilizing magical processes, like the creation of servitors. Correct. Like they're just that. We'll just say that's not the. Not the path they've chosen. Mm-hmm. We'll just say that. Not that servitors are necessarily tied to a particular spiritual path. They're not. Um, <clears throat> but I agree with you. Would it would it be fair to say that in creating a servitor for protection of the home, mm-hmm. that it would be good once that servitor, servitor has been created and kind of its its goal or its purpose has been charged, right? Um, that it would be good to charge it, say, somewhere along, along the lines of... Uh, you will patrol my home. You will uh, make sure the people who live here are safe mm-hmm. in all ways, and you will feed upon or devour on upon or devour any energy that enters this space that would be harmful mm-hmm. to the living people within this space.
0: So, yes, most definitely. Okay, and the other
1: spirits. It's probably good to clarify. Any, yeah. Anything, basically, anything I don't want here, you're going to anything attack that would not be
0: beneficial to the benefic energies in this house.
1: Okay. All right. Or home. Okay. You got to be really careful with that wording though, right? Because if you were somebody who was really in the routine of working baneful kinds of spells, Mm -hmm. and you were to charge that servitor with eating like harmful energies that move Mm -hmm. through your space, that servitor is potentially going to eat your spells. Yeah. Which is why you need
0: to have an an open line of communication. Your servitor is, again, in service to you what you say goes and yeah if its job is to protect and to devour that's what it's going to do
1: okay okay that okay i just i told you it would come back to me and it just did along the lines of what we were just talking about now so you mentioned in explaining servitors or kind of defining what a servitor is earlier Mm -hmm. um that servitors are not uh intelligent
0: when i say intelligent i'm not saying that they're they're just absent-minded i'm i'm saying like they don't have mortal intelligence Is what i'm saying okay
1: so they they lack kind of like would you say maybe it would be better or or another way to define it would be like they lack the same level of consciousness or sentience yes that other spirits might potentially have yes okay it's not like you're dealing with a dead person that would have sentience or yes. consciousness. Okay, I'm trying to figure out like what kind of comparison are you making? Okay. All right. Um okay, along those lines though, so I want to ask <clears throat> because it's been my experience mm-hmm. that uh at least a few times over the years that a servitor once created, if created in particular ways and given enough time and enough energy, mhm uh, particularly if time and energy, um, or if energy, excuse me, said energy is coming from multiple sources, that servitors can actually develop a a higher sense of intelligence. Yes,
0: which leads us to the contractual
1: obligations. Okay.
0: Um, that's what happens when you take the time to craft and create and empower and bring life to a servitor and then do nothing to maintain it.
1: Okay. That's what happens when you become... <clears throat> A lazy witch. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I I told myself I was not going to clear my throat and cough through this episode, but for some reason every time we sit down to record a podcast episode, I all of a sudden feel really the need to cough. Um, anyway, um, okay, so we've talked enough about maybe maybe what they are and what what you can use them for because really as you, you said earlier, you can use them for all kinds of things. Um, and the benefit right you've got basically a second set of eyes a second set of hands which i think actually would have traditionally been kind of what we maybe would have used servitors for right Mm -hmm. as magicians as witches practitioners of whatever whatever label um these are in essence beings that kind of work similarly to the way that we often see familiars kind of work yes in old grimoires right where their their purpose was kind of like to watch out for you to uh, warn you when something was kind of on the way, mm-hmm. right? To um, maybe help you monitor people that you were trying to, mm-hmm. to take, you know, to, to maybe you know, watch out over, right? To be mm-hmm. my, you know, um, so they were kind of like magical assistants, basically.
0: Yes, they they were servants, servitor. Yeah. Servants. Yeah, when
1: well, you said that already, I I don't know. I guess there's just this part of me that's kind of like, and this is just a me issue. I realize, but there's this part of me that's kind of like, I I don't like to think of something that I I put my energy into creating and and giving particular purpose. Even though it, it, by def- definition this is what this is, I don't I don't like I don't like treating my spirits like servants. I guess.
0: Well, I of course <laughs> you wouldn't. You don't want to be a. Th- you know,
1: mean, would you say like, so be, be, be a kind and caring master.
0: Yes. And okay. again, <clears throat> you are creating it. It's not like it has a mind of its own. It's not like it has an agenda other than the agenda that you give it. Okay. Right. All right. Whereas a familiar spirit, um, is one that already, it's never lived a mortal life, but it has watched. It has observed. It has been around it has a nature it has a life and an agenda in and of itself okay of its own that's where i would define the difference between a servitor and a familiar familiars are not your cats and your dogs that's true familiars are not physical animals um now can a familiar take up residency in those things? If you read some of the, some old memoirs, historical texts. Yeah. You know, you had the old woman who lived out in the woods, who had the cat that watched her cottage that would then morph or had a strange look or a strange thing. Um, I actually just wrote up an entire lesson on this for my well, <laughs> witch you Yeah. This is, I think one of the um, next things you're discussing in your class or your, your witch course. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. The next one is baneful magic. And then we go into the witch's familiar. Um, but the familiar in and of itself is not a servitor. Mm. It is a partnership.
1: Yeah. Very different things. Yes. Yeah. OK, um, that kind of leads me to the next thing that I really wanted to discuss, though, because, again, we wanted to focus on practical information here with this, this discussion and this topic. Um, so we talk about servitors um, basically functioning similarly to the way that maybe film, familiars might. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how familiars are uh, really, to be honest, not physical animals. They're really not physical. You know, they can uh, be illusory in Mm -hmm. the way that they can take form and look like physical animals, Mm -hmm. but they are in essence, really they're they're not Mm -hmm. like, you know, like the stray cat that you adopt is not, not a familiar. Yes. And and I, I even said like, as much as we love our fur babies. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that's a a very different thing. Um, Okay. But okay. That leads me to, you know, talking about like things taking form. Mm -hmm. So in the creation of a servitor, I've always found that it's been helpful to actually give that Servitor a physical body. Yes. Of some sort. A home. Yes, a home, exactly. Um, And there there are are lots and lots of things that you can really potentially Mm. use for that. But I've always found, at least my my personal preference, has always been to find or to utilize um, natural items of holding. Yeah. So, I mean, in the past, I've used uh, Like a genie lamp. Uh, basically yes yeah exactly um so like but i i find that i've used i prefer to use organic kinds of things Mm -hmm. um but like skulls uh shells Mm -hmm. things that that have uh basically things that are capable of containing Mm -hmm. always seem to be really good and i think the reason for that primarily is that is not only making sense on an energetic level on a spatial level but also psychologically i think a lot of us can kind of connect with the idea that like oh there's room in this thing it'll hold something Mm -hmm. right so yeah put energy in here yeah servitor lives here yeah right um and so i i recommend that to people when they're looking at beginning the process of creating a servitor is to first um settle upon an an item that will function as a physical anchor or a home for that Mm -hmm. um and prepare that item thusly you know like like i you know clean it uh, make sure it is both physically and energetically clean. You know, no one wants to move into a dirty house, right? <clears throat> um, and you know, do something that you can to prepare that item. You know, if you were going to be fashioning a servitor that has particular purpose, say as you mentioned earlier, a servitor that is good for protection, and prepare that that home item with that in mind. Like you know, um, a spurge or fumigate that item with with waters and smokes, maybe that have been also charged with for protection. Mm-hmm. Um, oils anointed with oils that have been charged for protection if you're going to do any kind of like creative like you know like trace sigils something on there like paint symbols that you associate with protection right these are all going to be things that are going to help give focus to not only your servitor but also to the physical anchor
0: yeah
1: Um, and this is as much about you right and being able to connect with that item as the servitor will right? what what other things would you maybe say are helpful or beneficial to give a servitor body? We're we're gonna get into actually creating a servitor in a moment, but um, but what what would you say in addition to a home? What are other things, physical things, uh, forms of energy, um, <clears throat> god, hell, like, even like things like temperature. Like, what are other things that are of benefit to give servitors body?
0: Well, just a good image in your mind a picture
1: yeah i i
0: I teach my students um draw it out you don't have to be an artist especially if you're doing some if you're doing a servitor for protection Mm -hmm. you don't want it to be a work of beauty you want it to look intimidating you want it to be scary you know Yeah. but understand that when you're doing this and you're giving it form you need to remember what that form is if you do not create some form you could be creating this really awesome servitor to devour negative energy and and man the boundaries of your home. And then all of a sudden, you'll wake up in the middle of the night because it'll be doing its job, and you'll see 16 piercing red eyes in the darkness and hear low growling and automatically, oh, Demon, you didn't give it a form. So yeah. it <clears throat> took the form of what you probably Sorry. view as scary... You know, because while you were making those protective things, when you were making it, you were thinking, protect me from these things. And so it took that image of like, this is scary. If I take this, I can use this to my advantage.
1: Very true. Yes. Do you find that that's something that can happen with servitors, particularly if we are not particular in the way that we construct them? Um, As you were just clarifying, they they, they do absorb other energies. They Mm -hmm. will get to a point because they are... Sometimes you're like Kirby. Well they are well there you go. That's I, maybe that's that's a perfect way to to describe that because they are in essence they are parasitic in nature. Mhm. Um, and I don't mean that to sound like a negative kind of thing because m- most living creatures are parasitic in nature. In Babies are parasitic. Uh, we are we are parasitic. Look at look at the way that we fucking leech off of our planet. Oh my god, we're we're parasites. Um Humanity. We are parasites. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, I, I don't in any way want to make that sound like a negative, but um, but be, with that in mind, you are right, though. If you do not limit or set some rules around that servitor and the energies it is likely to uh, take in or consume, you, you are absolutely right. If it is absorbing a, a particular type of energy after a while, it's yeah, it, it could become that energy, right? Or take mm-hmm. on aspects of that energy.
0: Well, not only will it take on aspects of that energy it could potentially be overwhelmed by that energy. If you haven't given it a... Particularly if you've gotten lazy. You know, if, you've, if you're if you supposed to meet every full moon to feed your servitor, because that's what a lot of people say is they're feeding it. Yeah. This is the contractual obligation. Yeah. I am giving you this candle. I'm giving you this incense. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Then starts to kind of lose steam in essence yes you're, you're starving your your servitor yes you're starving and, your servitor yeah. and it will just start to consume whatever in a means for survival
1: well and sometimes I, I, and I, along the to- along the topic of um what servitors eat you know what they basically what they take in because we understand that these are spirits that don't really eat something right Mm -hmm. and they you can't really in the in the concept we look physically there there's it's not as if these servitors are consuming energy you know what they're really doing is they're taking energy in and as the rest of us do they they transmute or change that energy into something else that is beneficial to them yes it will sustain them right it's the same way that we eat and process or metabolize food right to give ourselves energy and, uh, you know, to keep ourselves alive. Right. So. Um, so that in essence, that's kind of what's happening. But I, I've noticed over the years, though, some issues that have come up where, you know, uh, magician friends, you know, they've created a servitor and they decide, oh, it'll be super easy for me to uh, set the the rule for this servitor to basically just feed upon the ambient electrical energy in my home. Right. Which might seem like a really good idea to begin with, but I know then that this magician ended up having all kinds of really weird electrical issues Mm -hmm. with his house, particularly during times where he was not uh, being mindful and really taking care of and communicating regularly with his servitor. did
0: this magician friend of yours also not... Renegotiate or meet up with it, and he just created, it and was like, "Okay, we're done." Well,
1: I I think that this was this was an example I think of, or this this story is an example of some of the things that we can do when we're still very young,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, and we have that god complex that we often get, you know, a lot well, of people god
0: complex, and then you know, just um, not actually doing any form of proper research, probably.
1: Well, that that's too. right? We we kind of touched upon this in a in a prior episode. You know, we talked a lot about how you know a lot of people when they start their journey into these kinds of practices, you know, if they have you know who knows maybe maybe they're 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 just naturally gifted or you know they just they get lucky right mm-hmm. beginner's luck right and they they do their first couple of workings they fire off a couple of spells and things work really well for them you know and rather than being you know appreciative of, of just that experience and taking that as a good sign that they're moving in the right direction they like immediately that, that negative ego immediately clicks in and they're like i'm a god i'm all powerful you know and that's always the beginning of the end for those people mm-hmm. um so don't be that person, listener. Um, but I, you know, but getting back to what I was talking about, um, I think that the, that example I, I gave was uh, an, again just that an example of someone that was still fairly new in their practice and they were very excited just to try the thing. Right. And in the process of trying the thing, I just think that they hadn't really done their research well enough. They hadn't put as much thought perhaps as they should have into what was ultimately going into the negotiation of that servitor's creation and and work. Do I know this Um, magician friend? Oh God, this was years ago. This is someone that I was loosely connected with in in a, a a pagan. Oh God. In a, a pagan chat group. When that was still a thing that people did on like, yahoo and (laughs) shit like that oh my god um oh geez with the yeah the 90s were a weird time anyway um uh, but yeah so i i just wanted to kind of touch upon that a little bit you know that we do we need to be really mindful of that well you Um, need
0: to be mindful of that and also how this doesn't sound bad how apathetic and lazy are you in your own craft if you can't You can't have a contractual obligation or something like that that is active. If you're just like, oh, it's just gonna feed off the ambient energy. Like if that's your approach to your witchcraft, that's like that's the equivalence to me. Uh, to, to for me, this is the equivalence. Is what I hear is this crystal is gonna protect me from all negative energy. Have you charged it? No. Yeah. I put it in the full moon so you've not programmed it or anything. What's that? That's what I hear when someone's like, Oh yeah, I just let my servitor feed off the ambient energy or the negative energy. And I'm like, okay, well, that's its job. That's its job. Okay. You do not do your job in a form of self-sustainment. You do your job... So you can get the things that you need to sustain yourself. Uh, you lost me there. That's okay. Example. Anyway. Example. When I worked in my corporate America job, I did my job so I could get the money okay. so that I could pay my bills. Okay, but wasn't that I, self-sustaining? Yes, but I didn't do my job and then expect, oh, me doing my job is my payment. To your bills, to my bills, me just okay. showing up and doing this—that's just going to pay my
1: bills. Oh God. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I okay. I think I'm I'm understanding now. Sorry, you. I was I was I was terribly confused for a moment there, but I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm here now. Um, okay. So all right. So talking about then maybe better ideas or suggestions for people on feeding servitors, right? Because again, what you feed your servitor really, to be honest, comes down to you. Uh, but we want to, You want to be mindful of what you have readily available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if it's something that it's going to be really tricky for you to continue to be able to provide, you, you probably don't want to do that. Because then you're going to have a spirit that's going to be like, um, "No, you promised me the thing," and mm-hmm. you know, um, if you
0: give it a, if you give it a half-assed offering or a half-assed feeding, it's going to do a half-assed job.
1: Very true. Um, okay, so let's talk about that, though, okay? Because I find that it's also really good when you are crafting a servitor or creating a servitor and you're discussing or making arrangements around what you will feed it. Mm-hmm. I also find it's good to feed it things that are going to also have some sort of energetic alignment to its purpose. Yes. Right? Um, so I find that as helpful. hmm Right? Um, let's see. Let me give, like, a like a for instance. Like, let's do an example. So, all right, so I'm going to create a servitor that is going to facilitate... Um, Better communication between me and we'll just say people, other people in my family okay. or my group of friends, right? Um, that's its job, basically. It is, it is the messenger, yes. right? Is to help, to help facilitate communication, right? Um, ease of communication, okay. okay? Um, and in the process of doing that, one of the things that I may use, one of the things I may incorporate into the creation of that servitor, but one of the things I may also decide to feed or sustain that servitor with would, would maybe be, say, smoke from incense. Yes. Because incense is a representation of air. Air Mm -hmm. is tied to communication. Smoke is also a representation of air tied to communication smoke though it is associated with air does have a little bit of a thicker heavier form mm-hmm. so it could be applicable or make a good energy source for food or sustenance right mm-hmm. uh, beyond that the offering of or the act of burning the incense also could be some component of the, the mm-hmm. ritual that goes into that right anyway so <laughs> well and
0: even when it comes down to incense you want, you want an incense that is composed of things that would be a lot li- in
1: alignment with communication oh exa- exactly yeah you'd want an incense that was going to have you know um well who knows right but yes that's something that would have like like scents oils things that were going to be involved lemongrass like exactly like these are things that are sacred to mercury these are Mm -hmm. things that are going to be used for this Mm -hmm. right so so that's just one example okay um what are some other things that that you would recommend say we're talking to somebody that would be really new to this what are some things that you would recommend uh for good sources of food
0: Candles,
1: stupid little chimers, stupid
0: little, stupid little tea lights. What is it about the candle though? Well, you would want to, sometimes it could just be the offering of the flame. Okay. The flame fire we know is energy, you know, it's a very good Mm -hmm. source of energy. It heats up water, it heats our food, it does all that stuff. And so by offering that flame up to that servitor, um, that servitor could then use that flame to sustain itself. Okay. You'd also be bringing in the power of fire, which is the ability to transmute. It can be used for t- banishment, protection. It can be used for healing. You know what you're doing.
1: Um, <clears throat> so you could do fire. You could do... But you want to be particular about that in negotiating. Yes. That, right? You would want to be specific in making sure that Servitor knew that it was only from these candles that, yes. that you could basically like, like these are only only these yes will be only food for these. you. yes right so that you don't potentially have some other issue with with like fire exactly home, right
0: fire that i light that is of this color that i offer to you that's how that would happen all right um other things you could use um you, you could offer it wine. Okay. You know, you could do anything <laughs> like that. Food sources of any kind. Um, and you would notice that it would change. You know, we, I think we've had a conversation about, how do you know if an offering has been accepted? Well, it looks different. It feels different. Mm-hmm. It ends up looking kind of fake or plastic or um, still alive, but not. It's strange.
1: No, I, I get it. it's. It, it, you're right. It is the weirdest thing to try to describe to people who are who've never had that experience. But yeah, but it's like you put it there, you know. Say you, oh shit, I don't know. What what do we do? Yes, we. So you make an offering of who knows, like a peach, a, piece, a peach. Yes. Okay, you you make an offering of a peach to a spirit, right? Servitor, whatever. Some pe you know. But and you, when you set it down, it's it's a peach, right? And you can feel as someone who held that in your hand and has eaten a peach before, right, you can, you have all those associations and you can feel like, even on just a psychological level, not even talking spiritual energy, but just on a psychological level, it feels like this thing, Mm -hmm. right? But, yeah, but then you go back to it later and it's, and you're right, it's almost like, I always try to explain to people, like, it feels empty. Yeah. It's kind of like that feeling you get, like, like, and this is going to be, like, a very macabre comparison, but, like, when you, when you go to, like, a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, grandma's laying in her coffin, you know, and it looks like her, but, you know, it's not really her anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, usually because they have her painted up like a clown, mm-hmm. and you're like, who the hell is running this mortuary? Look at my grandmother. She looks like a whore.
0: No. Um, or, or another good comparison, could be... Um, Lemon, lime, soda, and okay.
1: water.
0: Lemon, lime, soda, and water? Yeah, lemon, lime, soda, or um, carbonated, or, or, like, just normal sparkling water. They okay. look the same.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, I'm with you now. Okay.
0: They look the same, <laughs> or just lemon, lime, soda that's been set out. It still looks like a lemon, lime, soda, because it's still clear. But you go to touch it, and the fizz is gone. Or you go to sip it, and the fizz is gone.
1: Okay.
0: All right, yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Another good example is jet. Because you look at jet, like a piece of jet, and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that's so cool. And you go to, like, pick up a big piece of jet, and you're like, oh, oh, that's not what I expected. It's very light.
1: Yeah, you pick it up, and you're like, this must be fake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, all right, sorry, so I'm sorry, but I, I, I detoured us there a bit. So, okay, so back to... I guess other items of offering. And again, simple things, right? Um, What about, like, say, something like flowers or herbs? Flowers or (laughs) herbs could be good. um, Again, as long as you're able to continue to provide those. As long as
0: you're able to continue to provide those
1: and that those are in alignment with the work that you're trying to do. Okay, one of the things I want to talk about at this point, since we've kind of been talking a bit more about food, is I've found over the years that when you create a servitor and you f- at first make an arrangement for a particular type or a particular item that would be used for sustenance to sustain that servitor, that food, mm-hmm. right? That it's not that you can't change that later on. You can, you just have to tell it, but yeah, well, exactly. That needs to be a kind of a renegotiation, but I've noticed that in the process of doing that, that that also seems to impact the servitor's behavior. Yes. That they don't quite do the job that they were doing for you before in the same way and not in a bad way it's not like all of a sudden they you know they start half-assing it right it's mm-hmm. not the, it's not like they quit caring right but it's it's different somehow the work feels different and even yes. the servitory itself will maybe feel a bit different after a couple of feedings mm-hmm. um and so to our well, listeners on a different energetic uh,
0: energetic map or in, an energetic yeah, blueprint exa- exactly or signature yeah, exactly you know if if yeah. If all you've done is burn cinnamon incense in a space, and that's the only incense you've ever burned in that Mm -hmm. space, and it's just burned and burned and burned, it's built up this charge, and it's this charge of cinnamon. Success, fiery, powerful, ooh, yeah, yeah, good, right? Mm -hmm. But if you stop burning that and start to replace it with something that's the opposite of cinnamon, something more along the lines of lavender, we'll say... You'll still have that residual spice energy, but eventually it'll start to dwindle down. Yeah. And the more dominant energy will start to take right.
1: place. So over time you lose your fire and you start to see things calm mm-hmm. and slow with your lavender. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right. So I, I wanted just to, to get that, make that clear to our listeners. It's not that you cannot renegotiate and make changes, uh, but you, you do have to anticipate that as a result you may see some change in your servitor. Yeah. Um, and again, not, not a bad one. But but a change, um, all right. So so really, when it comes to what you offer to your servitor, really the rules are primarily that it needs to be something that is, I would say, readily available, mm-hmm. um, inexpensive, okay. Um, and and really, it's to be honest, something that you uh, can, as best as you can, align to the form and purpose of the servitor. Those are yes. always going to be best processes or practices that's
0: just another added sprinkle of magic that just helps amplify things okay all right how often should you feed a servitor that is completely and contractually between the witch or the magician and the the servitor that is being created okay um some will do once a month some will do every three months um some will do every like equinox or solstice you know and if that's the type that you're going to do then you should in my opinion and this is just how i would do it Mm -hmm. um is if you're let's say you're only going to feed every equinox and solstice well we only have two equinoxes and two solstices out of the year Mm -hmm. right so because of that i'd make a bigger deal a bigger show around each one of those things. You know, at the spring equinox, I'd make sure that it has a nice feast of spring things that would help empower it. And then as we go from spring into the autumnal equinox, right? Yeah, the okay. autumnal equinox, you know, we'd have more root vegetables, more things. Mean, got, I'm sorry, greens. Yeah. You know, and then so on and so forth as we move through those. Um, and you'd only be feeding it four times a year, but out of those four times a year, it's only... your your carb loading, your carb loading, your okay. your servitor essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um. And it's not that you can't feed it more. You know, if you feel like you need to give it a little extra power or a little extra umph, you can always do that with your servitor. Um. But usually, I would say, renegotiating the contract or um. Like a full feeding, it, it, it should be a little bit more ritualistic than okay. just. Here's your candle. Bye.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be, let's say like, uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I, you know, when I talk with people, particularly people who are newer, um, you know, that, that when you work with any kind of spiritual energy, even something that you create like a thought form or a servitor, mm-hmm. um, it's always good, I think, to treat those spirits, um, or to consider the connection that you have to those spirits. Like this, this is a relationship yes. of some sort. You are working. And, and relationships and friendships and things, they, they take your time and your focus. You know, if you're going to sit with a, a spirit of any kind, you know, and just throw a candle at it and go, here you go. It's like, that's a spirit that sooner or later is going to be like, you know what? Fuck you too. You know? Um, and I'm not saying that your servitor would necessarily do that, but um, but you, you may find that that servitor is not as speedy in doing its job mm-hmm. or that it's not going to work as hard for you as it could. Where if you were to sit down and actually say, "No, here, this is for you. I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, like talk to it the way that you would a friend that you really give a shit well, and about. It's, you know? it's,
0: it's an extension of your energy. It's an extension of your energy. Mm. So if you half-ass shit for yourself and you yeah. half-ass shit for it, yeah, then it's going to be half-assed. Yeah. The, the thing that I always tell my students, and I and I remind my students this frequently, is you will get out of your craft what you put into it. Yes. Which means if you're too scared to use a big girl candle or you're just more comfortable using a chime candle because that's what everyone on schnick schnock and Instaham and all these other social medias do, Mm, if that's all they do and that's what you're comfortable with because it's pretty and it's aesthetic and you can roll on herbs and they're easily accessible. If that's what it is, that's what your craft is going to be. Mm-hmm. If you, if your devotional work to deities, spirits, or the ritualistic work around a servitor is meh, then it's going to be a meh relationship.
1: Mm.
0: That's just what it is. And no one wants to hear that. Everyone wants to throw the, everyone practices differently. Some people just can't. You're Mm. being ableist. Everyone wants to throw that out there. And I'm like, no. Your spirits will meet you where you're at, but that still means you have to get up and meet them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you still need to make the effort.
0: You need to make the effort. And when you're working with servitors, and a lot of young little witchlings want to create servitors because they're constantly under psychic and spiritual attack by this one schnick schnock witch. Me too. And they did a Limit Hex death curse, and, uh, and they're doing this shit. But they can't change the water on their altar. Their idea of working with deity consists of walking into their room and drinking half a cup of coffee and then thinking that Loki's bebopping with them. And so now they're going to set that on their Loki altar, which has no symbols to Loki other than the, this is what I believe is symbolic of this. Yes. This is my own UPG. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're doing, if your witchcraft is superficial, your power is going to be superficial.
1: Yeah.
0: If your witchcraft is half-assed and your devotional practice is half-assed, your power is going to be half-assed. If all you do is a spell jar, then all your witchcraft is going to do is boop, cute, aesthetic. That's all it's going to do. And it's the same thing with a servitor. If you want to create a servitor that is powerful and does its job and can kick ass when ass needs to be kicked mm-hmm. and go back to its vessel or its relic or whatever you want to call it when it's time to go back to its home, mm-hmm. yeah, then you need to follow through. That's true. And no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that you don't get a half-assed when you, when you create a servitor. Yeah. If you... I mean, you. let me rephrase this. Like everything else in witchcraft, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But just like in life, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but there are consequences.
1: Mm-hmm. And there are reactions to the actions you take. That's very true. So... So when we talk about witchcraft, and I'm in a tangent here a little bit because you kind of opened this door. When we, t- when we talk about or when we get that pushback or that argument from people, and we, we get that quite a bit because you and I are usually not very quiet about voicing our opinions on these things. We get the whole like, well, that's ableist or not everybody can meet your standard or, you know, all of those things, right? You know, and we have to be very mindful of those things, right? We really need yes. just not not even it's not even a witch issue at that point. It's a it's a we're humans and we all need to try to, you mm-hmm. know, meet, meet each other where we can, right? Kind of a thing. But but I will say that in the process and the reason that, that you and I think are are a bit more um hardcore or a little more hard assed about that is one of the big pieces of witchcraft is results. Yes. And Any practice that you're going to continue to adhere to needs to be a results-oriented practice. Yes. If you are someone who makes pretty little spell jars and the spell effect that you were working to achieve with that spell jar is exactly what you wanted again and again and again, you found your thing. Perfect. Make your spell jars. Wonderful. The issue that I see with that, though, is that you have a lot of people who, you know, they try something and, you know, and it might work a little bit, you know, and I'm not talking spell jars, just anything, right? They, they try something and it might work a little bit or, you know, or maybe it works, but maybe not entirely in the way that they thought it might, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then what happens is because they, they lack a consistent result, they start to, one, doubt their power. Beyond that, they start to doubt any of that practice i cannot count the number of disillusioned witches i have met over the years and magicians i have met over the years because they approached their practice in a way that really was not geared toward results um and so they didn't get results and then rather than looking at themselves and going well the reason this probably didn't work the way i wanted it to is because i i fucking half-assed it the spell asked for wine and i used grape juice right you know um instead of doing that you know then they go well this must all just be bullshit because i've tried it and it didn't work for me mm-hmm. you know and and that really bothers me and you know what 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 that bothers me is that i feel badly for those people in that moment because they had they were just at the beginning of something that really could have been very powerful for them and something that if they had just given it a little more time and energy could, could have really opened up mm-hmm. for them um and they you know they, they 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 don't do it, but I also know as someone who's been doing this for a long time that that also is one of the tests that we have to meet as witches. Mm-hmm. Right, we we have to go through that. Sometimes your spells just won't work, and but but we also in the process of of something like that we also need to make sure that we are not. We, you know, we don't lose faith mm-hmm. right, uh, in ourselves or in, in what we're doing. right? Well, I also, so I know I pick on spell jars a lot, but the reason... Well, we both pick on spell jars. The reason I'm, I pick I'm sick o- of spell jars.
0: The, the reason I do that is because if that's all you ever do, you're not expanding your horizons. You're not growing. You can get a bigger jar and a bigger jar and a bigger jar and use more esoteric herbs and different colored salts and sands, but you're not growing. You're not growing. And... Witchcraft is about growth. If you are not in a state of growth, you have become stagnant. When a witch becomes stagnant, their power becomes stagnant. Why
1: are you yelling at me? I'm not
0: yelling at you. And when your power becomes stagnant, it is harder to move through the muck and the grime and the stagnancy. That's five. To actually achieve the desired result I was counting the times you said stagnant thank you that's the the reason why I see a lot of people who start with spell jars and that's all they do and that's all they do and that's all they do they come in and they're getting frustrated because they're like I did this thing and then they go to the chime candle spells and it's never like a normal chime candle spell where it's like okay so I'm going to get this I'm going to carve some things on it I'm going to anoint it with an oil and this and then we're going to go to here no it's I'm going to tie two chime candles together with a string and light it on fire Because I saw and it's cool. And the same thing is with the servitor, because you have people who teach about servitors and how, oh, yeah, no, just let them feed on the ambient energy. It's okay. Okay, well, have you noticed that since allowing that servitor to do that, you have become lethargic? You have become tired? Hmm. Have you noticed that it's starting to affect other people? People who might have an overabundance of energy, and they're becoming lethargic and tired. Yes,
1: because it's feeding on the people. Because it's home. feeding on the people Our in home. your home. Because uh,
0: the thing is, is if there's no ambient energy, if you're doing the whole, oh, well, let it just
1: feed off the full moon light. Well, the thing is, like, there's always everything is energy, mm-hmm. right? But if you are not particular about that, you could find that. that spirit was not only feeding on the, say, the life energy of the people in the house, mm-hmm. that spirit could be feeding on the energy of prosperity Yeah, moving into your home, right? It, well, that spirit could be feeding on the it things will be you fed, want.
0: It will be fed either way. And this is where people fell with servitors, okay. is they don't put in the contractual obligation. If I do not do this XYZ thing, you are to return to your vessel, or return to home, or return to me... Mm-hmm. And dissolve yeah no one puts that in to the working they're doing instead they go and I will fulfill this obligation and then three months go by and they've not fulfilled the monthly obligation they set and they're wondering why they feel like they're under attack it's because this spirit that you have now effectively created the servitor Mm -hmm. is going I've not been fed I'm hungry I'm going to cause a fight between these two people so I can create negative energy so I can consume it yeah. So you will find that there will be a burst of fight and then that energy will be gone.
1: Yes. Yeah, that is certainly one of the things that can happen. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, back, back on to um, practical or more practical information. So how how would you, and I'm going to throw my, my information in here too, but I, how would you... Uh, I'm figuring, trying to figure out how to word this. Okay, so very new new practitioner comes to you, right? And how 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 would you teach someone? How would you tell them this is how you create a servitor? I would first ask them have they learned to ground centural yeah, talk We're not talking about any of that shit right now. We talk about grounding and centering and all that shit a lot. We're not where. So we're assuming that. they're past. We're that. assuming they 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 are at least aware enough because they should be aware of those things before they try getting into shit like servitors. Yes. Okay. okay, so they've already done that. Okay. Now, but now they're like, okay, I feel I'm ready for servitor, so I want to do this. So, how how do you tell them how to, how do you create a servitor? I don't mean you personally, but but a way, a method.
0: I usually tell them, I, I give my students and people two options: mold and create it yourself. Go get some natural modeling clay, not the polymer stuff, and you know, draw some things, create a sigil, do the stuff, use the herbs, and create a form. That is your servitor now. And then in the process of doing that, of putting energy in and saying, this is your job, this is what you're doing and bringing life to you, um, then it is activated and it does its things. Vice versa, um, you could go the already made route and get something like a box or a dragon statue or a gargoyle. Gargoyles are great.
1: Yeah, gargoyles do make good homes for servitors.
0: Um, And... In the process of working a ritual, fumigating it with um, incense that would be that, that, that are known to not only do the thing you need, but also that are known to raise power, raise energy. Mm-hmm. And effectively what you're doing is once you get all that energy, you pull that energy in, direct it, maybe put it in, and then normally you'll seal it with something. Traditionally, you could seal it with olive oil, you could seal it with a different type of oil, but then you seal it. And then, boom, that's its job. That's its home. That's where it returns to when it's finished its job okay during the process of the ritual that's when you will negate not negate you will discuss and state your
1: desires and your agreements okay so that's okay so okay okay yeah yes okay that is is, yes that that is all applicable okay all right um okay so i want to talk about okay so you are you're sitting there you have the home the physical representation or anchor for your servitor You've got all of your other aligning correspondences and mm-hmm. things there, your oils, your herbs, whatever you're using, right? You also have the first offering you will give to the servitor as, as far as food is concerned, mm-hmm. right? You've got all of that ready because all of that needs to be there right at the beginning, yep. right? Okay. Um, and one of the things I like to tell people or ways I tell people like to begin basically is to, before they touch any of that shit, um, is to sit and breathe and i usually tell people to like sit in a way where you know obviously where you're comfortable because if you're physically uncomfortable that's all you're going to be able to focus on and your your core uh concentration will be split but um but to sit comfortably and to breathe and to pay attention because breath is breath is air or, or uh, excuse me breath breath is life mm-hmm. right in our life we need air to breathe breath has very strong associations to life and to the uh concept of human spirit mm-hmm. right Um, And so, but I usually tell my students to start and to basically to take their hands, the palms of their hands, and to cup their hands together. Basically, like, almost like you kind of do when you're trying to hold water or a liquid in your hand, right? Mm -hmm. Or your hands, right? Um, And to do that and to breathe into that space, to breathe into that bowl that they have created with the palms of their hands, right? Or with with the inside of their hands, okay? And to feel their breath moving across their skin, to moving moving across their palms and to as they do this to sit and focus on the idea that breath is life the idea that that your energy um, is something that can be carried by breath the idea that your energy is something that can be shared with others is shared with others mm-hmm. the idea that your energy and your intent and your intelligence is all something that can be carried on the breath That the warmth of your body is something that carries your energy and that the warmth of your body is something that carries life and intense and your intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, all these things, right, that the electricity of your heart, that you you know, our bodies are basically just batteries, right? That the electricity moving through your body, the pressure of the blood moving through your veins, all of this is movement, motion, vibration, and energy. And these are all things that create and sustain life. And this is life that can be shared, right? And this is kind of the thought process, right? And you're breathing, and as you're breathing, you're focusing this, you're pushing this, you're pushing this, you're moving this energy. And so you get to a point where ideally what should happen is you will feel a sense of pressure, starting to form in between your palms uh-huh. you will feel something it almost feels like like you know your, your hands have been sitting there empty for a few minutes but then you'll start to feel usually like a tingling in your hands from there the tingling will then move to i almost want to say like almost like a weight you know even though there's nothing in your hand but you'll start to feel like there's something in my hands Right? I'm not seeing anything but there's something there right and you continue, you continue and it, it can take a while like if you were creating a servitor particularly if that is a servitor that you want to work with for a while and you want that servitor to be particularly strong, you you, you lay that groundwork you do it all really well at the beginning. And so you sit there and give yourself if you can, I would say at least an hour to stay in that space and to continue to focus, to breathe, to push that energy, to feel that sense of pressure, that presence growing and building in the palms of your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you start to feel that sense of pressure in your hands, at that point I usually tell people who then turn their concentration and their focus, their mental, their visualization to, okay, this is the form that this energy now takes. This is what this energy looks like. This is its color. This is its shape. If it were physical to the extent that I could actually... Touch this thing like in in a conscious way, right? Um, This would be the texture of its skin. You know, this would be, you know, whatever, whatever those pieces would look like, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it has, it has this many eyes, or maybe it doesn't have eyes at all. You know, what, those, those are the things, right? Those are the things. And then you continue to build upon that form as you are continuing to breathe and do the other things. And, and it, it's, it's complicated. It can be complicated. And this is why, one of the reasons why I usually tell people that servitors are something that should probably be considered a more advanced Mm -hmm. magical practice. Um, but you've done that for a few moments okay once you've gotten to that space where you can feel that energy you can feel the presence and the energy of not only physically of a form there in your hands but also you have a clear enough uh, visualization of what that form looks like that you can sit there with your physical eyes and look at your hands and look at that energy space that energy center and actually see an outline of something that would resemble what you have visualized and charged Mm -hmm. when you get to that moment that is then when you were like okay I have created you for this. You are this. And this is your task. This will be your job. In exchange for this I will give you this right that is when that process begins and the contract is being established and as soon as you make the offering of i will give you this you need to immediately give it that thing because it will from then on associate that thing with this is what they're giving me to do the thing they've asked me to do Mm -hmm. um and you know and you and it it can be you know it's 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 a really cool process um and i encourage our listeners if you feel ready and you're able to do this i encourage you to do it give it a shot um and you'll want to do that i think and at least initially i recommend that you sit with and you you go through this process uh i would say at least a few times over the course of that first week um i'm a big believer that the more you sit and do this and the more that you continue to focus on that energy the the stronger your servitor ultimately will be Agreed. Um, That doesn't mean that you need to continue to work with it that consistently as time progresses. But early on, I kind of liken it to say like, 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 you know, when people have a baby, right, when your, your babies are usually a way more time consuming than your older children, Mm -hmm. usually, I would hope. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, and so it's kind of the same thing. Right. A little more investment up front. Um, you know, and then obviously you've got your home, right? You've got its physical anchor there, and so you make that very clear that you know that this this will be the place that you return when you are not actively doing your task, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and then from there you set up any other specifics that you need, you know. And the idea is, I think that the more you communicate, the more that you work with, and the more you consciously share your own energy and thought, again, the more powerful your servitor will become on top of whatever else it is that you may be feeding it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is. One of the things that I have used that I have found to be successful that is one of the things that I have instructed students to use that they have found to be successful um, in pretty much any kind of servitor um, or for any or servitor for any purpose I should say um, so if you need to pause this episode, take some notes and or rewind and listen to it again and until you get that down and give it give it a shot. That is just one way that's just one method mm-hmm. of creating a servitor. Would you think that's a little bit more of a chaos? magic i think it would and i think that it's really to be honest i believe that the majority of the work that we see being done at least in a modern context contemporarily i think that the majority of work that we see being done around the creation observatories is definitely rooted in chaos practice mm-hmm. or chaos magical practice yeah. the way that i teach my students to do
0: it is much more
1: in alignment with um uh
0: Not necessarily chaos magic, I guess, but it'd be more like cere- ceremonial magic, maybe. Well, chaos magic can be highly ceremonial. I know, I know, um, but like, I I don't know, because I usually like when I have my students do it, mm-hmm. like in the Awakening the Witch class, mm-hmm. like I have the entire ritual not for them, mm-hmm. um, and like step by step instructions, and they are literally molding and crafting this creature. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Well, and that, and that's absolutely part. Of it. It's like you're basically you're mm-hmm. making uh.
0: It's the exact same thing you, you're you doing because I, I make sure that, to tell them like your breath needs to get on it and needs to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. But I guess because there's a physical
1: creating aspect mm. that tends to help them. Well, I think that the process of creation is something that certainly does help with flow of energy mm-hmm. and commitment to that project or to that that working. Um, I think it, with the process I utilize, I think that... that Physical level of creativity, I think, really comes in primarily to the creation of the, the vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm, like I said, just different, right? Just different processes. We know another practitioner um, who's been on the podcast who bases or creates uh, their servitors primarily with elemental energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, and that's another method. Right. Um, so, so there are, are numerous ways to do this. Um, there's no one that is necessarily better than any other. It really just kind of comes down to you, the and practitioner. When, what, yeah, exactly, and what you connect to, uh, right? Uh, but, but that is something that I think has been helpful, um, or, or excuse me, has been um, results oriented. We'll just we'll say that since we were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a results oriented way to do this. Um, oh yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, I had a student do that last year. We had them do. I had them do the ritual, and he posted pictures mm-hmm. <gasps> sorry <clears throat> <clears throat> posted pictures of his so tie tie yeah um, he posted pictures of the finished product and it was weird looking but it did its job and and he even was like he, he posted about four four months ago I think mm-hmm. in 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 the group that I have for my students he was basically like they did their job Okay. And, like, their their home vessel had, like, been destroyed.
1: Yeah. Well, and that kind of shit will happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, when, when you've negotiated. And, again, all of that is something that needs to be kind of done at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is your job. I need you to do this for this amount of time. I need you to go to this particular place and do this thing. Mm-hmm. I need, you know, whatever it may be. Right? And you have, up until this point, you know, at this moment of this day, you, you are done. Right? Um, and at that point, your energy will either disperse or... You, it will return to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I, exactly. You know, so I've, I've got... Um, and they do, they do, they, they dissipate, they, they die, in essence. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a little sad, to be honest, particularly when you have something that's been helpful to you on a magical level. But these are not really... I think because these are beings, these are, are yeah, because these are our creation servitors that are, are basically just... Energy shaped by your own consciousness and intent. It's ultimately can, an extension. They yeah. can't. They, they can't really die. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's no real death for these things. That okay? energy just like, gets returned back just, to you. Exactly. It's just it once again a transmutation of energy. Um, yeah. So don't need no need to be sad. A um, couple of interesting things I want to get your take on. Okay. One mm-hmm. of these I think um, our listeners will probably already anticipate your answer to because it's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But is offering your servitors blood a good idea? Uh,
0: Not your own blood.
1: Okay, but then what other kind of blood are you getting your hands on? I mean, you could get your hands on chicken blood,
0: um, other things like that. Honestly, again, you want to make sure that the offering or the food is accessible.
1: Something that you can continue to easily get your hands on. So,
0: I mean, if you wanted to offer them blood,
1: you could just give them steak uh well yeah but in that situation then why don't you just say so you know here's an offering of, of meat right or mm-hmm. just, yeah you know you could just do or that. if you're no if part of your ritual is like okay
0: well i'm going to cook the steak for me this night and obviously there's probably some blood left in that that packaging mm-hmm. you could that could be the offering to serve for. Uh, well I,
1: actually if you, uh, uh witchy tip um it always pays to be friendly to your butcher Mm-hmm. Whether you're buying your meats from, and you and I don't eat a lot of meat, so we don't really no. we don't really do this. But but in past, I have found that if you go to a grocery store, if you go to a deli, whatever whatever the place may be, right, and you go there consistently enough, and if you are polite to the butcher, mm-hmm. that you can go in and you can actually ask them usually for a container of blood, you know, beef, pig, whatever it may be, right, um, and most of the time they'll they'll give you blood. Like, they'll, they'll give you a container of blood, and, and you know, and they might ask you, like, what are you going to do with it, right? You know, and, and you can just let them know, you know, like, hey, I'm making blood pudding, you know, whatever, right? Think of think of something, right? Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm not interested in eating blood pudding, but a lot of other people really enjoy it. Um, anyway, so, but you, you can't just get blood if you yeah. have a, a cool butcher. Um, yeah, so I uh, just wanted to, you know, throw that out there, a little bit of extra info. Um, okay. Okay. What would be the what would be the downfall potentially of offering your servitor blood ew, and ew. then not making good on the specific offering?
0: It'll no, it'll get its blood one way or another. Yeah, um, it, it's like giving a rabbit animal blood. Once it gets a taste of it, it wants it, and it will
1: get it one way or another, or it will fail trying. I know, I've I've always heard that, but i I've, I've always kind of wondered about that. Like, That whole, like, oh, it's tasted blood now, it's gonna be a man killer. Right? I've always wondered that. Like, is that I really don't know how it works? I don't know. Anyway. In, in, in undomesticated me, cases, yes, that just always makes me wonder. Like, if
0: if if little Scout got a drop of blood because like I had a hangnail or something, Scout wouldn't become a blood killer. I don't know, maybe that's why he tries to chew on our hands when we get home. <gasps> <sighs>
1: He's evil. It's the terrier. It's the terrier in him. I tell you, he's he's evil. That terrier is Um, a terror. All right. Okay, so another quick question. Um, Because I've heard different answers on this from different practitioners. Okay. Okay. But do you name your servitors? Yes. Okay. Sometimes. you you tell me, what would be the benefit that you you could share with our listeners? What would be the benefit of naming a servitor?
0: The name... of your servitor if, if you give it a name that name should be kept between you and your servitor you don't want to reveal it to another witch you don't want to reveal it to another practitioner and you sure as hell don't want to reveal it to another spirit mm. um the benefit is that one it's more control you have a little bit more of a failsafe on it another is what if for some reason a spirit is super super sneaky and it makes it pastor servitor or a nasty makes it pastor servitor mm. And it's presenting itself to you. Um, or God forbid, what if a a nasty destroys your servitor? Because that's that's a capability. Mm-hmm. There are strong spirits out there and other yes. and other
1: witches yep. have the ability to go,
0: ah, oh, they have a servitor.
1: Yeah, you you can target another witch's servitor mm-hmm. and with the working, you absolutely can. Um
0: and then replace it with another one. By giving it a name, mm-hmm. you can verify.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting the concept of naming something because I think we often we hear the concept of naming when it comes to these practices, and in using using a name, I I think one thing that's really good to clarify is that in the process of using a name, say for this instance, right, mm-hmm. we're talking about naming a servitor, say, you know, you were dealing with someone who was, uh, you know, particularly. Intelligent, or a spirit that was particular another spirit not your servitor but another spirit that was you know particularly intelligent or you know had maybe just been hanging around just long enough and watching you just long enough that it had heard you use that servitors name a few times mm-hmm. it was like ah this is what they call it right um or who knows you know yet yeah, you slipped at a gathering of some sort in another unethical witch there was like aha they have a servitor named blah, 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 right um you know and they use that against you right the purpose of, it, of a name, a magical name, is not just—it is not just the uttering or the speaking of the name. Mm-hmm. There is an energetic imprint there. Mm-hmm. You, when you, you can have two witches address the same servitor, both witches know its name, but the witch that created the servitor and named it, when it uses that name, when that word comes from their mouth, they will have a very different energetic response from that servitor than the witch who didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not just the uttering of the name because that's really to be honest, it's just a word. Mm-hmm. It's just a sound. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's the power behind that mm-hmm. that really is the purpose yeah. of the name. Okay. All right.
0: Well, and I, I mean the same goes for like your signature signature. Yeah. Which is all, all which is have an energetic signature. Yeah. Everyone does. And so Mine smells like garlic. And keeps the vampires away. Yeah. Also your Hecatean, so that's a good thing. I suppose. But um but you know when you sign your name that has a that has a that has an imprint on it which is why if a witch can get a get your signature they don't need hair from you because by getting a physical signature they have an energetic signature
1: that is very true I just realized I should apologize apologize to our listeners once again if you've been hearing um odd jostling in the background that is uh that is Mike enjoying his iced coffee. Because I'm a queer guy and we we live on iced coffee apparently. That is what the internet is telling me these days. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like it could be.
0: Well, <clears throat>
1: it's it was also just a it was a long day. I've I've not been trying to shake my ice cubes in the microphone, but my my cub is here on the table.
0: Well, it was, it, it was a long day, and it's not like it was a bad day. Like it wasn't slow,
1: but there were enough gaps that it was like. Yeah, it did kind of seem like a... Like, yeah, like you and I both, I think, at some point... Well, at least me. I'll speak for myself. I, I was sitting here falling asleep in front of my laptop at one point today. Yeah. I was not. I was working. But you just said it was slow. It was, but I was still working. Way to make me feel like shit. Because you're working and I'm just sitting here... What, you were just, working. Just cruising the net. I mean, sometimes. Is that what the kids are calling it now? Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> the interweb. I know you were scheduling classes and stuff. I did do some of that, yes. Uh, anyway, have we... Have we covered servitors thoroughly enough? I feel like maybe there might have been a piece that we missed. Mm. We talked about creating them. We talked about feeding them. We talked about the rules of negotiation. Oh, okay. So, um, what what do we do with what do we do in in this situation? That say like like we lose a servitor, that or, or like a servitor completes it ta- its task and it's done. At that point, what what do we need to do? Is there any kind of follow up? Is there any kind of
0: you, I mean, you can have follow-up. Okay. You you can see if you can call that energy back up and thank it. You know, it's always nice to be nice. Right. Um, but not really. Again, it's an extension of yourself. If it's fulfilled its purpose and it's mm-hmm. dissolved, that energy is already back to you or wherever it needed to go. Okay. So, no, not really. Take the vessel, clean it out, reset the vessel or reset its home, and then do another servitor. I
1: think this is one of the reasons why I like to use... Uh organic organic things for mm-hmm. for vessels is because i in in past i've gotten into the habit when a servitory is done i do almost like a little like funerary kind of right mm-hmm. but depending on the vessel i've used i'll actually like bury that vessel mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little funeral right like mm-hmm. or you know if it's flammable i'll burn it mm-hmm. right you know and i do that kind of as a, as a ritual like uh, like a ritual goodbye yeah right um Okay, so would you say basically like you don't really need to be too concerned about the spirit or the energy, but if there were physical components of the servitor, those might de- definitely need to be addressed. Yeah, you
0: need to either dispose of those, reset those okay. or what have you. Okay. I mean, right. I had we we had someone drop by and drop off two two things that I could tell they had used as servitors and had not cleaned or anything and they were still pretty funky they were still charged
1: up and so i i it's a good thing we're we're honest and ethical which is that would never ever use baneful magic for anything i mean that person gave us a real easy in it's true they wrapped them in socks and everything yeah um
0: and i i just had to take them and i could feel that they had that like caged tiger Very, like, unstable energy. And I was like, no, no, not in my shop. So I I had to take them and I had to do a complete and total, like, factory reset. Which involved (coughs) blasting. I I destroyed those two servitors.
1: Oh, did it void their warranty? Yes. Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) And now those are my friends. And I'm probably going to be making servitors out of them. I think I might be doing something with them for the Awakening the Witch group.
1: I think I might use them for something there. Let's let's discuss that later. Um, All right. Well, uh, so once again, I I ask, have we we dished on Servitors enough?
0: I think we have. I I think it was a good informative episode. You know, I think I'll help our listeners get something out
1: of it. Well, I think they will. Hopefully hopefully Panther will at least get some information. Yeah,
0: and if you, you know, if you like the and you'd like to hear us teach, you know, teach a
1: class on it, we could totally do that. Um, we, we've taught a class on servitors Vlad Vlad taught a class on servitors although again Vlad's, Vlad's approach to servitors is like, again I want to say probably very different than ours
0: mm-hmm. um, so so you know any other questions please send them to us we love we yes. love questions, questions
1: topic suggestions uh, although I will say I will say and I had this communication with another one of our listeners earlier uh, was it earlier today? yesterday um no it was earlier today um we're we're like almost 80 episodes into the podcast. Mhm. And we we've had a few people contact us recently that have been asking us like, "Well, you guys should talk about this." And, you know, and in those situations, we've sometimes we've had to go back and we've had to say like, "Oh, actually we did. It's on this episode." You know, um and so And I I want to talk about this just really briefly because in communicating with that person it occurred to me that we we, we probably, we will in future, we will, I'm making this promise, we will be a bit more organized with the way that we describe what is included in our episodes. We have a lot of past episodes, particularly the ones where we're just kind of rambling on things, um, where we talk about some really cool stuff or we touch upon some topics that are definitely of interest. Um, But then people who listen to the podcast are like, I, I had no idea how to find that information, or I didn't realize that episode thirty was on this topic because you didn't name it anything that was in relation to that topic. Well, yeah, but you um, just also need to listen to the episode. Well, yeah, but I guess you, you've got people that are like kind of newer to the podcast. You, maybe they don't want to go back and listen to seventy plus episodes to find the information they want, right? So, in future, we will be a bit more descriptive as we post the podcast. Like actually, in the description of the episode, we will be a little more clear on what exactly it is that we discuss. Um, to help people to better reference that. Uh, but also to newer listeners, I do want to say, if you're looking for a particular topic, um, don't be afraid to contact us, but also do go back and look at prior episodes because it's quite possible with all that we've done that, that we, we maybe have touched upon that, that topic before.
0: Well, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about service wars a little bit before. And, you know, we can always do a rehash.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've got no problem. It's not a yeah, problem. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm not upset at anybody <sighs> for this. So
0: it is the month of October. Is it? It is. Yes. And I want our listeners to give us ideas. What do they want to hear from us as witches? Like, we had people request, you know, our, 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 our serious stories as a witch last year. And that's hard for us because as witches, we're like, okay, but that wasn't really scary. For other people, it is. So, you know, what would you like to hear? And I want to hear our listeners' idea on this. How would you feel if we maybe just had a scary story night? Not ones with us, but
1: what have you sent in your scary stories, your paranormal experiences? And We could share uh, those on air. Okay, all right. Okay, that would be kind of fun, actually. And then, sh- okay, so I guess for the sake that, because again, the purpose of the podcast is to be educational. In, but we can in have nature, fun. Right? Oh no, what well. well, I, well, I like to think that we do. In addition to just being cruel and horrible people, I like to think that we're also. Uh, good educators mm-hmm. um, so but I in the process of people sharing some of those in for some of those details of that information um, what if we also maybe were to then do a little bit of like let's diagnose this like let's look at this like based yeah. on what they shared what does it sound like this was what does it sound like this what was going on in the situation right? and you know and then maybe provide a little bit of like in this situation mm-hmm. we, we probably would have handled this in this way yeah or, or we could even take like well-known
0: paranormal experiences and scary stories mm-hmm. and like read it out and then approach it from which perspective like you just said so we could do oh. like um the infamous amityville horror or something like that and see where we can go from there these okay. are good ideas.
1: I think this is a good idea. <gasps> or the case of who pooped in the pool at the rec center. It was you. It was me, but it wasn't really poop. It was it was a Snickers bar. My plant just dropped a leaf. It's an omen of not being watered enough. <laughs> um,
0: so I, I like the I, I like these ideas. But yes, please send your suggestions. What do you want to hear? Okay. Would you like to hear more of our spoopy stories or, you know, what have you?
1: That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm thinking, now you've got my mind, or my, my... Does my brain have wills? You have my brain wills turning.
0: Yay, brain wills! Oh,
1: God, I need to go to bed. Um, anyway, you got me thinking now, like, we could... Another fun way to kind of extend that idea is we could look at... Um, like what about like classic characters from like horror fiction? Okay. Like Dracula. Okay. And talk about like okay this would be how as witches we would handle dealing with a vampire like this. Okay. And we could bring a whole bunch of shit in there, right? We could talk about like all the folklore about these That's like, I don't know why I'm talking about this on the podcast. These these are all ideas. We will figure this out. Um, all right. Well, I got nothing else. To say, I, you know what I've noticed we haven't done it in a minute? We've not done a what are we loving or what are we hating. That's because most of the time it's just what are we hating. Are we just going to retire that segment? Because it, it's not really beneficial. It's and not. And all it does is just make me upset. Really? Well, now you've got me reconsidering because I like you upset. I, well, I can only bitch about Sage so much before I'm just like. Yeah, that's true. All right. Okay. We won't get rid of it entirely. But at the moment, I can't really think of anything that I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this. So, who knows? Future episodes, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm done. All done. Yay! Uh, Thank you, everybody.
0: Thank you, everyone. Happy witching!